Hi guys, it's me. I'm back for good this time. Well, maybe. Kind kind of. Uh, I guess we'll see. Anyway, this episode is for you, Agile. <laughs> Welcome to Heaven Smells Like Books, a book review podcast. So I usually record my episodes on, like during the weekend, like a Saturday or a Sunday, but it's a Thursday and I'm really tired. I kind of just finished work, <laughs> but for some reason I'm on my sofa trying to record a podcast episode because I've just been thinking about the podcast so much because I haven't recorded an episode in a while um so yeah I'm recording an episode on a Thursday even though I'm tired and I can't decide if I should eat first and then record um so if there's a random ass a break just know I changed my mind and decided to go and eat but we'll see how that goes also I'm kind of in a good mood which I feel like is not the best mood to be in for the book I want to review today because it is a very sad and heartbreaking book um and yeah being in a good mood is probably the wrong vibe to bring into this episode but we'll see how it goes the book i am referring to is called under the udala trees by chinelo Okparanta. uh yeah okay so i guess i'm going to record this before i eat i think actually hold on i'm just going to grab a very quick snack <laughs> okay I'm back. <laughs> I had um, I had some fish. <laughs> I know I feel better. I'm still in a good mood, so I guess we are really going to record an episode about this really heartbreaking book while I'm in a good mood. But yeah, so under the Dollar Trees by Chinelo Parata. So the book is a very sad and heartbreaking book because it follows a young girl through her entire life basically from excuse me from childhood through to adulthood and so she she's an Igbo girl um if you're not Nigerian Igbo is one of the um Nigerian tribes and I can't remember what year she was born, but she was born early enough to have been alive during the Nigerian Civil War. So, like, that's how the book starts, and it goes all the way to her being an adult and living her adult life in Nigeria as a gay woman. So, as you can probably already tell by these things that I've just said, she had a lot of really fucked up shit happen to her. And, wow, would you look at that? My good mood is starting to slowly disappear. So, 
yeah, that's what the book is about. So, <sighs> I just honestly, like, I I'm going to start with the writing because I, otherwise, I would just like start with my with like ranting about just how hard life was for her. But I really, mm, I don't, I, I, I was going to say I really liked the writing, but actually I don't know that I really liked it. I thought the writing was okay. It was good enough. There were certain parts of it that I didn't quite enjoy the writing. So I'll get into it later, but there's a part in the book where her mother is trying to pray the gay out of her and, you know, she's using Bible verses and whatnot. And I didn't really like the writing in that part of the book but I also understand why Chinella wrote it that way so in that part I felt like there was a lot of over explaining being John kind of I kind of like I kind of like she as in the author wanted you to see why um the mother's thought process for trying to pray the gay out of her daughter why that was wrong it's like I get why she was doing it because it's such like an important point to make but i just generally don't like it when i'm reading a book and it feels like the writer isn't even letting me think and arrive at conclusions myself like it's kind of like you know someone has chewed the food and then they are putting it in my mouth i know that sounds disgusting but that's how i feel but apart from that i really (laughs) apart from that i liked the writing i thought it was um good I really liked that the book was about multiple things. It, it wasn't about just one thing, which if you think about it, that's how life is. If someone writes a book about me, it's not going to be about, well, if someone writes a book about my entire life, it won't be about one major event, at least I don't think. It would be about all the some little, some big, some average sized events that happened throughout the span of my lifetime and I like I liked that that was how the book was and it really showed how Ijeoma, Ijeoma is the main character how she involved sorry not involved evolved as a person um and how with the different stages in her life like something new came up with it um it kind of reminded me of Sefiata. If you've ever read a Sefiata book, you know that her books generally follow one person through multiple stages um, of their life. And it's usually, it, Sefiata books usually feel like they're not about anything in particular. Um, but I guess that's the difference. This one felt like it was about something, but not just one something <laughs> a bunch of somethings um and i i liked that i'm just trying to pick up the book to check something did i mention that i'm recording on my sofa i usually record on like on my desk and i just realized today that i don't have to do that <laughs> like i can sit comfortably on my sofa and record like who gives a fuck um yeah you know really random i never talk about this but i kind of like the cover of the book you know it's very simple but i 
I like it. Um, okay, I was just... Actually, I'll do this. I'll do this later. Doesn't matter. Okay, yeah, I'm probably going to edit all that out. Okay, so... Yeah, I think that's all to say. That's all I have to say about the the writing. Um, so let's, I guess, dive into the book and talk about the sad and horrible things that happened. So, like I said, the book starts off with Ijema as a child, and it kind of starts actually not kind of it starts off during the Civil War. Which, if you've listened to my previous episodes, hi, thanks for listening. But also, you would know that I don't read synopses before I start reading books. I just literally pick a book based on like the author or recommendations or whatever. I pick a book up and I start reading without finding out what it's about. But this book, I knew it was about a gay Nigerian woman so I was mentally prepared for some homophobia right that's why that's what I thought I was getting myself into but then I started reading and it was the civil war and I don't think I was mentally prepared I read this book in October 2021 by the way and I'm recording this in March 2022 (laughs) um anyway yeah so I wasn't mentally prepared at all like I was not in the right mental state to be reading about the civil war at that time um so yeah that was kind of a shock and also I think the way the civil the way you know writes about the civil war is very different to other fictional um writings that I have read about the Nigerian civil war this one felt very intimate in a way that other books that i have read um haven't felt that intimate but also bear in mind that i've read maybe three or four books about it which isn't good enough i know um but the closest thing i think to that level of intimacy um with the characters it's not a book actually i don't know if no it's not a book i saw it as a play and i think it was called three sisters it's a really good play i don't think it's showing anymore at least yeah i don't think it's showing anymore but if you search for it and just try to see if it's ever coming back it's it's so 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 good it like amazing play but anyway that's the closest thing i can think of in terms of intimacy um and i don't know that the intimacy was a good thing for me personally because of the time I was reading it because again I wasn't mentally prepared and so to feel I felt like I could feel the character's pain so I guess intimately um yeah so it starts off with the civil war and like I like I I don't think I need to explain why reading about a civil war is like painful. G gets like I'm not going to go into that. Um Yeah. And it it's just there was a lot of heartbreak and 
trauma and the one part that really stood out to me was the part about the part where her father oh gosh decided not to go into the bunker during one of the raids like he he and the narration is so good because i could feel i could almost feel his depression and he was just so tired and he was like yeah i know there's a raid i'm not going to hide like i'm not going to find shelter and he literally just sat in the living room and just reading that alone but then also thinking about how ijama and her mother tried to convince him to go with them and just it's such a horrible situation to be in because i can only imagine that her mother was thinking like am i supposed to leave you here like am i supposed to let you make this decision but also i need to i need to get to the bunker with my child but doing that means i have to leave you here and then just how traumatizing it was for them to like after the raid go back into the house when their house is obviously destroyed but then also find his body and like have to deal with that and Ijeoma was she wasn't even a teenager at the time and like her mother was so heartbroken I'm, I'm quite honest her mother couldn't handle it for obvious reasons like and I felt so I I don't even have the words um but it it was horrible reading it because I just kept thinking about Ijeoma and how young she was and how like she's no one is equipped to deal with that level of trauma let alone a child you know she has to deal like with the war and all what that meant and then she also had to deal with the memory of her father refusing to find shelter and coming back to find him and also have and she then also had to deal with kind of taking care of her mother because her mother completely broke down and she couldn't handle it like she was having nightmares and Ijeoma kind of had to step up and a child stepping up when a parent is unable to cope with you know traumatic event is already a lot but then imagine having to do it during a fucking war yeah and i know it's really stupid and naive but i just kept thinking shit like i wish i could get a therapist ijama and her mother also um but i guess because ijama was a child i just kept thinking like I wish I could get a therapist to her. Um, yeah. And then, so I actually want this episode to be short, so I'm going to move through things quickly. Um, so I'm going to like split this into different phases of each Gemma's life, the way I remember it. So what I just went through in my head is what stood out about Ijeoma and her parents. She also really loved her father. Um, and he seemed like a very smart person. And I mean, I'm sure like every other able person alive during that time, the transition from normal life to war was hard to deal with and you could tell from like the stories he was telling and you could also 
I felt like I could also tell when he lost hope. Like there were parts of the book where it felt like he was hoping and had hope that they would win the war and then at some point it was just like fuck like is this it um yeah so the next thing that stood out to me i've titled it Gemma and her mother and so like i said her mother found it really hard to cope and at some point she decided that um things like it was all just too much and i guess she needed a break and she needed a change of scenery um but again like it was really a fucking war do you get like so she eventually made the decision to move out of the town they were living in to another town she wanted to go back to the town that she was from and she decided to leave Ijeoma with a family friend instead of going with Ijeoma. Her excuse at the time was that she needed to first check to see how things were in like her own hometown before bringing Ijeoma with her. She wanted to go first without Ijeoma to get things ready and whatnot. So she left Ijeoma with a family friend. So, a couple of things on this. So I... I completely get wanting to be rid of someone when things are okay that sounds really harsh not be rid of someone I completely understand wanting to be alone and only have to deal with your own problems when things are too much for you to handle like I could totally like I, I tried really hard like Actually, I didn't have to try not to judge her. I understood how she got to that point. Um, but also looking from looking at things from Ijeoma's perspective, like your mother is basically ditching you. Like first you lose your father to a fucking one, and now your mother is ditching you, and she's leaving you with people you've never met. You don't know these people, and she's gone to somewhere you don't know, and you don't know when she's coming back. And I can't imagine how hard that must have been. Her, so it was a really difficult thing for me to wrap my head around because, on one hand, like I said, completely as how I Gemma's mother needed a break, but also from Ijemma, a child, from her perspective as well. Like, that, like, how was she supposed to cope with that? The other thing that I want to talk about about the power her mother leaves her, the people she leaves her with, so. Um, she takes Ijeoma to... So actually, I'm just going to say this really quickly. I never know if I should be talking about the books in past tense or not. Like, I'm not sure. If you know, please let me know. Um, I think I'm going to stick with past tense, at least for this episode. Anyway, so she... No, I'm not going to do past tense, sorry. <laughs> so she takes Ijeoma to her father's, to Ijeoma's father's friend's house. And he's married, so with, Ijeoma is supposed to say with him and his wife. And so I'm old enough and I've read enough books to have my mind immediately go to shit. Are they going to abuse Ijeoma? 
like are they going to take advantage of her and what type of abuse is it going to be and you know i just keep thinking did her mother also have those thoughts did she have those questions did she consider those things and if she did how did she weigh the pros and cons and decide on leaving a gemma behind i'm not saying this in a judgmental way it's a genuine question um so yeah and so the part where they describe how you know her mother drops her off it felt i mean the closest experience i have to it is like starting school and like your parents dropping you off at school and you're alone in this new environment and you don't know anyone and your parents are gone but this is a million times fucking worse because Ijama's father is dead he died a horrible death again a fucking war is going on she doesn't have any way like there's no way for her to contact her mother she doesn't know where her mother is going she doesn't know when her mother is coming back like just try to imagine being in her shoes and the emotions she must have been feeling the questions she must have been asking like how anxious and stressed she must have been for a very young child, very young child, all children are young, for a child. Um, and a part of me was hoping that, you know, okay, this person was her father's friend. So maybe he'll be very nice to her because I can't imagine, I'm just thinking about my friends, right? It's like, God forbid, but if something happened to them and their kids had to live with me, I'm not going to treat them like they're second class citizens. I'm going to treat them like they're my kids. Right? Like, I'm going to make sure they have literally the best things that I can afford. But this man makes Ijoma sleep in what is described as barely a boy's quarter. Um, like a tiny room. More like a storage room, actually. You know how, like, some Nigerian houses have, like, very tiny buildings in sitting in the compound by the back of the house and it's really tiny and you can tell it like they weren't designed or built for actual people they were designed for inanimate objects but that's where Gemma is supposed to stay and she also has to cook and clean and i know i keep saying this but there was a fucking war going on and you're making a child sleep outside and you're making her do all this work and like she just lost her fucking father like but then also do you know how low the bar is for men in books or maybe just people in books in general that the fact that the man didn't sexually assault her i was like oh thank god that's how fucking low the bar is um so yeah that part really fucking upset me as well that like there's a fucking way of treating her like yeah, making a maid out of her. Like, it doesn't make sense now. She's your friend's child, even if she wasn't. Like, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. And then, um, Ijeoma finds this girl. 
um literally just finds her she's a girl is a fulani girl um and so ijama takes her home home as in her father's friend's house where she's living like because again there's a wall like where is this girl supposed to go so i just thought that was so nice of ijama and so like the girl starts living with with them so my memory of this part isn't great but one thing i do remember is that her mother didn't come for her until they found out oh i'm so sorry if you can hear my phone i'm going to put my phone on silence okay okay so some background so Ijema is living with this girl and then i guess they then realize that they are attracted to attracted to each other and they really liked each other and so you know it's like their first crush kind of thing um and really random but i just i wish that they got the first crush experience that straight kids who aren't living during wartime get you know like cute secondary school love or primary school whenever you had your first crush like i hate that they didn't get that like their first experience of attraction or like crushes was tainted with so much guilt and shit like that it shouldn't have been um but anyway Ijema and this girl have a thing going on and they get caught by her father's friend and shit hit the storm oh shit hit the storm she hit the fan rather so yeah what i was saying before is that like my memory of this isn't great but i do remember that her mother didn't come for her until they found out about her sexuality um also bear in mind that clearly my phone does not understand the meaning of silence i'm so sorry um yeah so yeah and i hated the fact that her mother didn't come for her until they found out that oh she's gay and it was like at that point they're like oh yeah i need to go get my daughter ijama was alone with these people for a couple of years and like surely her mother had settled like why didn't she go back for her this was the part where i started to struggling where i started struggling with with because i said before that i kind of understand how her mother got to where she was where she needed to leave ijama behind but i don't know why she didn't go back for ijama especially because like i i don't think she knew how ijama was doing like ijama what she was alone like anyway yeah i just feel like the fact that she didn't go back for her daughter until she found out about her daughter's sexuality because she felt the need to pray her sexuality out of her i feel like that says a lot about her i also found the praying the gay out part very irritating so her mother comes back for her and takes her back home because they say that you know the girls need to be separated so the the other girl the fulani girl um stays with you know the family they were living with and ijama goes with her mother um 
and when they get to like their new house a mother dedicates a lot of time to praying the gay out of Ijeoma and she's like reading bible verses you know the bible verses as well the usual ones the ones about um that town where um there were i guess a lot of gay people and then there was a visitor and um they asked for the visitor to be taken out and the host said no i'm not giving you this male visitor but you can have my daughter instead the fuck um and like a couple others as well and so like i said earlier i didn't like the writing in this part because i felt like we were being spoon fed but like i said i also understand why she why the writer did that and so my thing about those bible verses was that so like Ijeoma's mother would be like and then god destroyed this entire town because of this thing and i just kept thinking i but like are you sure that like that was why like the reason god destroyed the town is because of the gay people not because a man offered his daughter to be raped not because these people wanted to rape someone like why why isn't that the lesson like why isn't the lesson that sexual violence is bad and god hates it and finds it disgusting how 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 does the sexuality bit come in maybe i need to read the entire that entire book in the bible or the entire chapter or something but like the actual verses like I was personally really confused. Like, this is not the takeaway I am getting. But yeah, I do not appreciate the praying the gay out part. Um, so, another interesting thing about this is that... So, Ajama and the girl, they ended up going to the same secondary school. Um, but, like, they internalize the homophobia in different ways right and i think the fulani girl probably i mean honestly i don't know who had the worst time with it but she really really internalized it because at some point she decided to just act like a didn't exist and again that must have like been so fucking lonely for a because she really really loved this girl and i was really quite in awe of how Ijama handled the whole situation like she also had the same questions about the bible verse like why why is this a lesson that everyone is getting from it um i also remember her trying to explain to the girl that like we like we're not bad people we're not doing anything wrong like we shouldn't have to feel guilty about this and i was honestly quite amazed by how she was able to arrive at that conclusion um yeah and how she like i think she felt some type of way sometimes but i don't i don't think she hated herself and i really admire that like yeah Um, sorry, I'm just going through my notes. 
to see what I haven't mentioned about that bit. Oh, and then I think I already mentioned that I don't like the way like their first experience with attraction or crushes was tainted with so much guilt. But yeah. So Ijema graduates from secondary school. Um, she's like now living with her mom, and so the next part is kind of like. I mean, it's not the only thing that happened, but she meets another woman, a grown-up woman at this point. See, Gemma is also grown up at this point. I think she's like 19 or 20. Um, so she meets this woman and she likes this woman as well. So like they're attracted to each other, they like each other and i just so the thing about this book is that i think that because misogyny and homophobia are things i talk to my friends about often when i was making notes for this and even right now i feel like like what what exactly am i going to say right like what am I going to say that isn't obvious and that hasn't been said like I don't think I have anything valuable to add to the conversation when we're talking about homophobia like it's fucking horrible it shouldn't be happening it's it's such a violent experience and violent violent thing to put queer people through and in like to me these things are just obvious that like I and again because I feel like I talk about so often that I feel like saying it here again like I'm just repeating myself and like to to what end like I don't I don't have anything valuable to contribute like everything I think <clears throat> and everything I want to say has already been said and if you're listening to this like I'm sure you've heard it before you've heard it you've read it you definitely know so I'm just like, I don't have anything valuable to have, oh shit, to add rather. Um, there's nothing I'm, I can say that hasn't been said already. But I will say this, the threats, like the threat of violence and like the violence itself towards um, queer, like members of the queer community in Nigeria. I think it is something that should be taken into consideration during every single conversation that involves them like no ifs no buts like the threat is real and like so is the violence and so they have to take these things into consideration with a lot of very important decisions that they have to make it affects how safe they feel in a place where they call home it affects how they experience life like how they go about their lives and so any conversation that involves them that should be taken into consideration right so when we're having conversations about things that you think are morally wrong that they do you should take that into consideration before you judge them for making decisions that you swear you wouldn't and 
before you judge them for doing things that you think are dishonest and things that you think hurt other people in their lives like take into consideration that they have taken into consideration that if they are fully themselves they could get fucking killed and if you're not willing to take that into consideration then don't be a part of the conversation like literally don't be a part of it don't add anything to it remove yourself from the conversation don't contribute anything just honestly shut up and listen yeah and then i mean to move on to ijama and her husband because obviously she had to get married because obviously her mother being in nigerian mother would not stop talking about her getting married and add to the fact that her mother knew she was gay obviously i'm sure she felt like ijama getting married was proof that oh i succeeded in praying the gay out of her so yeah ijama had to get married and that part was really heartbreaking because you know she had someone that she was seeing and that she really liked and obviously she had to leave that life behind and like marry this guy who I mean, at the beginning, he didn't seem like a horrible person. Um, but if you are being forced to marry someone you don't want to marry, it doesn't matter if they're horrible or not. They know who you want to marry. They know who you want to marry. Okay, we are almost at 40 minutes, and I don't want this thing to be longer than 40 minutes, so let's see. Um, see, I don't think I was married that she, I, sorry, I was surprised that she got married to a man, but I was kind of hoping she wouldn't, but that was naive of me. But she did seem miserable. They both actually seemed miserable. And I was constantly worried that he would get violent. And you know what? I was going to say that, oh, but he didn't. But I just remembered there was, there was an incident with a cutlass. Which, yeah. And there was also this part where he wouldn't let their daughter... As any Gemma's husband wouldn't let their daughter. Oh shit, sorry. I just remembered also the girl Gemma had a thing with when she was a teenager wasn't Fulani, she was Elsa. My bad. Um, yeah, Gemma's husband. He wouldn't let their daughter play with the toys he bought for their non existent son. That part really made me fucking angry. Like, where is the fucking logic? But I was also trying to remind myself that I mean I was gonna say in this in 2022 like I'm sure there aren't people who punish their daughters for being daughters and punish their wives for having daughters but I'm sure that's not true and that's just me being stuck in my own fucking bubble. But I was gonna say is that like for the time like I'm sure having a son felt like a do or die affair. And he really didn't make it seem that way. And I felt like he was slowly starting to... He was definitely depressed. So was Ijama. But I felt like he was slowly starting to... Really lose his mind. Like... There were parts where I felt like... Oh, I think he needs professional help. Right? Um... Yeah. And... I so there is I was going to say I don't want to spoil this but I just remember this is a s- spoiler podcast <laughs> um, so he 
eventually finds out that Ijeoma is gay because uh, the woman Ijeoma was seeing was writing letters to her and he was reading them and hiding them from Ijeoma. That part pissed me off because Ijeoma spent years thinking the woman wasn't writing to her. Meanwhile, the woman was, Mr. Juma was also thinking Ijeoma wasn't writing to her. Anyway, at that part, I was so scared that he was going to out Ijeoma and get her hurt or killed. Like, I was so scared. But he didn't. I know that proof that the bar is so fucking low. Um, Because I was so grateful that he didn't out her or, like, kill her. Um, Yeah. And at some point, Ijeoma got tired of everything. And she left. She went back to, like, her mother's town and to the woman she actually wanted to be with with her child as well um and i mean they didn't go into details of how they made that work like i'm wondering what they told people like why did you leave your husband why aren't you going back i can also only imagine that ijama must have been really scared that her husband would out her because i'm sure like families like his family probably came to her mother to ask and talk and what you know how these things work um but they didn't really go into detail so yeah i just wonder how they sorted that out but they did manage to have an arrangement where ijama's daughter and ijama's husband still had a relationship um which i guess is good but honestly like i feel like people who have kids are there's a certain level of selflessness that you have to have because I can't imagine someone treating my daughter like borderline shit just because she's not a boy and then I'm going to go out of my way to make sure they have a relationship definitely not me Mm-mm. could not be me um so yeah I think that's it that's all 41 minutes and 39 seconds actually it's probably longer than that so that is it i haven't recorded this in a while so i don't know why i usually say after this but i would definitely recommend reading it um it's a pretty easy book to read to be honest um yeah the writing was good like i said i liked how it followed Ijeoma through her life and had like different it felt like different storylines like this book could easily be broken into three different books and you would just expand on the beginning expand on the middle expand on the end um so yeah i felt like it was a very realistic way to write a book about a person so yeah that's it um i am currently reading nervous conditions i don't know how to pronounce the author's name so i'm not going to try because i don't want to butter it and after that i think i'm going to make this year a tony morrison year Ooh, yeah i don't know i haven't decided but i'm really tempted to do it so by tony morrison year, i mean only read tony morrison books so we'll see about that i'll update you um i guess this is the part where i say if you like the episode or you've read the book and want to talk about it tweet at me or like send me a dm on instagram but i'm hardly ever on social media at this point so 
I guess you can just leave a comment on Apple Podcast or SoundCloud or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. But if you really do want to start a conversation on Instagram or Twitter, I'll see it when I get back on. My Twitter handle is Heaven Smells Like Books. And my Twitter handle is Still Somber. Is in S T I W L S O M B R E. It'll all be in the description box. So yeah, that's it. Um thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll speak to you next time. Bye.